Hello, and welcome back to SIGGRAPH Spotlight. This episode is part one of a two-part series hosted by Diana Arigiano, SIGGRAPH 2022 Student Volunteer Chair. This mini-series features incredibly talented Latina women in the computer graphics space. Listen in to get to know Laura Morales-Lainez and Ana Cecilia Baliache-Liendo, including insights into their careers, their experiences working internationally, and how their heritage influences their work. Take it away, Diana. Hello, and welcome back to Seagraph Spotlight. I'm Diana Arellano. I'm the Seacraft 2022 Student Volunteer Program Chair, and I'm also the CGI Development Chapter Lead, Agile Coach, and Scrum Master at Accenture Song Content Germany. I have been living in Germany, Stuttgart, Germany, for the past 10 years, but I was born in Peru and raised in Venezuela, so I think you can say I'm Latina to the core. And today I'm really excited to kick off part one of a two-part mini-series featuring incredibly talented Latina women in computer graphics. I am so happy to share this conversation with uh, Ana Cecilia Baliache Liendo and Laura Morales Lainas, two women I truly admire, and I'm really grateful too for taking the time to share your stories with us. So I want to start with a question that I think is very important to ask and also serves as a way of introduction. So I would like to ask you, Laura and Anna, to share your story. Tell us your story. Where are you from? Where were you about your career background? And if you have any involvement with Seacraft. Anna, do you want to start? Yeah, sure thing. Thank you for having me. So yeah, my name is Anna Cecilia. I was born and raised in Venezuela. And I am currently a senior software engineer at Scadence New Media. A little bit of my background, I went to school for computer engineering, and then I went to do my master's in entertainment technology. I moved to the U.S. anymore, like 11 years ago or so. Uh, and I've lived in Houston, Pittsburgh, and I'm currently in L.A. I just moved here less than a year. So, yeah, so that's a little about me. Hello. Thank you also for having me. My name is Laura. And I'm from Guatemala, but I've been outside of Guatemala since some time ago. I lived first in Korea and I did my uh, bachelor's there. I did digital content and then I moved back home and I work for a bit and in education and media. Right now I live in Germany and I'm doing a master's in animation and game direction. So yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing at the moment. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm really curious to learn more about you. So I guess as a bit of context, we have been working as part of Seagraph. In the past years, Anna, you and I were sharing the Seagraph. Which Seagraph was what? Was that one? I don't remember which year, but I think it was, I was chair for attendee experience perhaps, or, or, or the previous, I, I've, I've been chair of posters and attendee experience, and then I've been involved with the VR theater and like VR village and stuff like that. So I don't remember which one we first met, but it was a few <laughs> ago. It was a few ago. Yeah, I remember meeting each other and saying, oh, you're from Venezuela. Oh, I'm from Venezuela. And you went to this, we, I think we went to the same university, right? Yeah, we went, we were like a few years apart in the same university. It's yeah, the, yeah, the famous university, Simón Bolívar in Caracas. Yeah. And then with Laura, we also have shared paths also in Seagraph Asia, I guess. And then you are part now of the International Resources Committee, right? 
Yes, I've been involved with SIGRA for since I was in, in Korea while I was a student there. I was part of the student volunteer program and then I moved to the International Resources Committee and well, I collaborate with them now too. I really appreciate the work that you have been doing for the community and for computer graphics. And I also wanted to ask you if you can tell us maybe a bit more how you chose to be in computer graphics or doing or studying what you have been doing and study. Laura, want to start? After I graduated from high school, I just realized that I wanted to do something with education and um, media. However, in Guatemala, there aren't many opportunities to actually study something that could involve technology and media and also uh, was um, involving with storytelling. So at the beginning, I wanted to be, I think I still want to be illustrator for books, for children books. I think I would like to keep doing that at some point. I applied to a scholarship for South Korea. The It's called the Global Scholarship Program. And I studied there. And then in Korea, it's games, especially are very like it's an industry that is growing. And uh, during that time, well, I wasn't that focused on video games, but I was more focused on animation and most specifically on the post-production part. And then when I started working in Korea, I did more the um, project management and it was also exciting, but I realized that I still wanted to do something that was more into the artistic part or more the technical side of the pipeline. Like I wanted to do something more related to that. So, but I still thought that maybe I could do something that is connected to uh, Guatemala and where I come from. Well, I also come from uh, Mayan family in Guatemala. So I think we have uh, many stories to tell. I applied to a master's uh, in Germany. Well, I am um, more focused on VR and uh, emerging technologies as in like interactive experiences. So I also focused on um, game design. Uh, and my master's thesis is actually an interactive tool that could also innovate, innovate the way we are taught back in Guatemala, especially when you have um, a large population of indigenous people so yeah and then I think that's what I've been doing uh, lately to try to also focus on education how to use entertainment or how to use these uh, interactive tools to educate people or also to learn I will get back to the question of Korea because that is fascinating Anna <laughs> can you share your story with us yeah absolutely we actually have uh, plenty in common so I went to computer engineering in undergrad. And then I was uh, like, I wasn't sure if what I wanted to do was like traditional software development. Uh, I took a, a class in computer graphics and computer graphics was open to my eyes and, and I could have sworn that I wanted to be an animator, but I think that was just the novelty of it. And so when I was looking for a, a master's degree, I found this master's degree in Carnegie Mellon called the Internet Technology Center. And it just sounded perfect for me because it was like, it was exactly what I was looking for. It was like the intersection between software and creative and storytelling and interactivity. So I went there not sure what I wanted to do yet. I knew I was, I liked programming, but I wasn't sure where in the entertainment, I, I, I wasn't aware of like in Venezuela, when you think about a career, entertainment and 
interactive experiences is not the thing that was at the forefront of my mind. Like no one around me did that. Uh, it was more like traditional software development for banking or web or whatever. Anyway, so I went to Carnegie Mellon and it was really great because it allowed me to explore where I wanted to do. So I knew that I liked interactive experiences and because the program is like a little bit of everything. It has games, it has theme experiences, it has animation, film, like it has a little bit of everything. So it allowed me to try a little bit of everything. In the end, I was like, okay, I want interactive experiences uh, in entertainment. And so I've been working, I've been, I've done VR, I've done AR, I've done mobile uh, I've done educational games. I've done interactive experience, like same interactive experiences in museums and theme parks. And right now I'm working on just like a, a cinematic uh, interactive experiences, cinematic interactive experience for a game, but more onto the cinematic, like more crossover with cinematic than uh, just a traditional game. So I'm very excited about that. Yes. So that's how I got to computer graphics. Cool. You are both now living. So, Laura, you have been through Korea, Germany. Anna, you are in the United States already for quite a long time. How do you see that being abroad and immersed in these cultures that are different from our cultures change? How has that changed your perspective and influenced the work that you are doing, or at least the perception of the work that you want to do? It's very interesting because I feel like as an immigrant, in a different country with a different culture, a different language and a different way of a different society. I've focused a lot on communication and on interpersonal relations in like the interdisciplinary teams that I'm always in. My base is that I can't assume that we are on the same page just because culturally we are generally not on the same page. So I feel like I've leaned a lot on the soft skills of working with folks of different backgrounds. And I feel like I've been an advocate to better communication for folks of different backgrounds and different cultures and different ways of thinking and, and, and just making sure that we're not communicating in a way that alienates those like me who did not grow up where most of the people on the team grew up. I feel like I'm very open to feedback and communication feedback because of that. Yeah, I just feel like it's made me more conscious of the problems of communication and just different folks coming from different places trying to work together and share a vision, right? Because in, in a creative endeavor, you try to you, you try to at least have buy-in, right, on the creative vision. So it's a complicated topic, but I feel like he has given me a obviously a different perspective on how to approach that and how important it is, if that makes sense. Do you feel that the communication style is different? Because one thing is what we communicate, but also how we communicate. Has that being coming from a country like Venezuela, do you feel has been that a positive thing or more of a something that you saw, okay, this is more of a challenge? Yeah, definitely. I think that it depends on the people that you're interacting with. I think that it, it is a challenge in the sense of well one I wasn't um, I wasn't immersed I'm still not immersed in like the pop culture of the United States and the United States society really relies on that it was really hard to not be alienated from the groups just because I didn't get 
the jokes or whatever, or like the background of the conversation. But that was interesting because you find yourself finding a group of people that do understand that, right? And like take it with humor. And they're like, oh, wait, let's not in a mean way. Let's explain the foreigner what we're talking about, but more like, okay, let's hold on. Let's give on a little bit of background about like why this is funny or like why we're talking about this. But yeah, it's definitely a challenge because the ways of communicating, I feel like the way that I communicated before I got here was more direct, less flourishy. I don't know if that is like a good technical term for that. Uh, I feel like in Venezuela, or at least the group that I was around in Venezuela, we're very direct when we're talking about stuff and comfortable, I think, like expressing our opinion, uh, maybe opinionated, I, I, I guess, uh, could, could be a way. So it was a challenge to not lose myself in not adapting, but in like understanding the way that folks communicate in the United States, but also not losing who I am and my personality. And like, you know, I didn't come here as a child. So like I was already a grown adult. So like my personality was like, I was who I was. So it was definitely a learning experience, I think too. And I, I think I still find things that I'm like, oh, wait, this is this like I have to think about things like is this because of where I'm from and like how my culture is interpreting the situation or is this like how the situation is going? I think a challenge, but it's not an insurmountable challenge. Uh, I think it's something that can be learned. And I just have to be more mindful, I think, that other folks about how others are communicating with me and how I'm interpreting them and how I'm communicating with them and how others interpret uh, what I'm saying. And it also helps me when like I feel like me and another person are not seeing eye to eye on a communication, I try to get it right away. It's like, okay, let's get on a one-on-one. What is happening here? Where are we cutting through? And I've, I've, I've gotten feedback that it's like, wow, I not everyone tries to have this conversation so fast. A lot of people try to be like, well, maybe it's me, maybe it's you or whatever. But it's really interesting. I've had conversations of like folks, me and another person who is also not from the U.S. being like, well, what is happening here? And it's like, well, this is how my culture is. And I'm like, oh, this is how my culture is. Like, okay, well, this is, let's figure out how we can work together. That's great. Especially, especially in times like today, after two years where we have been facing mostly verbal communication, missing all the other nonverbal cues, no, where it's really important and where we say, okay, we come from a background where things are done this way and using that as an advantage for your work and for your daily life, basically, no, it's, it's where you see, well, this is the way I'm contributing and I'm bringing something to the table. That That's great. And I think that's a great takeaway. Laura, and for you, I mean, it, it's fascinating with your cultural background, you're also very vocal about your roots and your cultural background and being in Korea and now in Germany, how all this is influencing your work, your way of doing things? Probably I don't really like, I guess when I left Guatemala and I moved to Korea, I mean, I was 18. So in that moment, probably it was a shock. Probably there were many uh, things that I had to deal that I didn't really like right now, I don't really remember them as shocking. Like it was just something that I had to do. But for example, in Korea itself, I think it really helped that uh, I had one year completely to study Korean. So that uh, it's very important, especially for uh, countries like Korea, where the language carries, well, 
at the end, languages aren't just a way of communicating, but just holds a lot of the country itself, society, and how people interact with each other. So I think uh, the way or like the fact that I learned the language and made it a bit more easier, I think, to be able to understand other people's perspectives. But like, I think the, um, the fact that Many of um, my peers, when I was studying Korean, went to other universities and we had to deal the fact of being a foreigner, like with all the Korean students. I think that was pretty tough, especially when it comes to um, uh, what we were doing, like especially with animation, because you I mean, it's a place where you have to share and interact and tell each other how we can make this story more uh, relatable to others or how to make these I don't know, this part of the pipeline even more efficient, things like this, that we have to work together. And being a foreigner sometimes was a challenge. And I think, but it also made me like push me forward to like get better at Korean and then so that my ideas can be understood better. And how can I also see their side? Because at the end, I think I became more aware of other people's uh, cultural background because also mostly of the topics that I was doing were very social or cultural oriented. So I think that helped a lot. But now in Germany, it's uh, a bit more different because, well, my master's is in English and I don't really have to rely so much on learning German, though it's very necessary. But the way of communicating, I feel that probably it's also because, because I guess the culture here is a bit more similar to the one that we have back in Latin America. So I think that has been also very interesting because I also come from a place where, well, I mean, Korea is also a very hierarchical place. And then right now it's like a very high level, like it's a, it's just different. So I think it's also very constructive for me and for because I like to also work um, as um, with teams and like I like the management part and like the creative directing of things so I think that's pretty good when you have probably team members with so many different backgrounds so that's probably something positive that I've learned throughout the years. Nice so it's, it's very interesting and just makes me think how relative perceptions are as well because now you said the culture in Germany is more similar like the one we have back home but I I'm assuming compared to the Korean feels more which for me was like a complete shock <laughs> when I came here just because things are done differently and you realize and I think that I can relate with what you Anna said you no know, try not to lose yourself or try to keep your identity while you're here so in that sense it's interesting or I would like to know more Laura for you as a Guatemalan woman how have you kept your identity through all these transitions and how it's being reflected in your studies in your work in your uh, illustrations if that's something you're active doing? Well, Guatemala, it's a very interesting place, I think, compared to other countries uh, of Central America and probably in Latin America. I mean, indigenous people, we are 60% of the population in Guatemala, so we're not a minority there. Thus, uh, culture is everything. Like, I was, my both my parents are Mayan, so basically everything that is around me was Mayan and like you can clearly see the difference between the non-Mayan people or the people that actually do not regard themselves as Mayan 
So I think that's something that probably was something very strong because I do think that there are some things that indigenous people, like we our worldviews are a bit different, I think, in terms of like how we interact with people or like our culture, things like this. So I think being abroad, especially in Korea or here in Germany, I don't feel that I am losing myself sometimes. But just because inside of Guatemala, like it's the thing that I have to always take care of. In which sense? Indigenous culture is very threatened all the time. So um, we have these kind of always to take care of our like our culture and like our worldviews. So I think being either in Guatemala or being in Korea and being and here in Germany, I think it's not so different. You just adapt. But like the core things of your culture or of what you think of, I don't know, your environment and how you treat others, things like this, or, or how do you work, for example, it's like kept with you within, I think. But I don't know if it would probably be the same if you ask another Guatemalan that has something different. I think it's a very complex uh, topic, but I think, yeah, it's something that I've been always seeing. Like, for example, my people in Guatemala, they grow learning two languages like Spanish and their Mayan language. So it's very common for us, I think. That's so interesting. And is there something, so right now, are you finishing your master and you're focusing in education? Is this something that this knowledge that you want to bring back to Guatemala or what are your plans or what is the idea with your work in the next steps? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to support or collaborate with other Guatemalan artists back home. I think many uh, there are many people that is doing in terms of entertainment, for example, films and I think and short films and documentaries are there has been a thing for a long time back home. But I think there's also lack of communication between these artists. So I would like to do like, and especially during the pandemic that we learned that remote environments work if they are set well. So I think I would like to contribute and just give back something that could help the way education is just developed in Guatemala because uh, the whole like narrative or the ways that we are thought is very traditional. Like it doesn't really encourage you to reflect on your own or reflect like around uh, you, like not even just about your culture, Mayan culture, but like the world itself. Yeah, Mexico or like just very other countries that are surrounded us but we focus more mostly on for example western cultures but i think i would like to contribute in a way but plants specifically i think i would still like to work in germany for some time because i think it would also be an interesting experience uh, to work here and to know how it's in companies and how our animation and game companies in germany are working now And there's a lot going on. I think Germany is already a good place where many companies or international companies that we see in places like United States or Canada are having their also offices or even headquarters here. Now talking about industry work, Anna, in your case, you have been working for quite some time in the industry. So compared to when you started, How do you see that the whole thing has evolved? Do you see differences and how do you see this is going? Yeah, I mean, the obvious differences are the technology differences. And I feel like that's just very obvious. 
I will say that there is more serious conversations about not only us as people working in the in the industry, but what we take our time for in the industry. A lot of things in thinking about like, oh, what makes a, a team well? Because I work in a lot of cross collaboration, cross collaboration of cross disciplines, projects. I feel like there's been a lot of conversation of like diversity inclusion is important to us as teams and also in what we focus on the actual games or interactive experiences or research or whatever it is. So I feel like that's kind of like a through line that I've seen in my years in the industry is just more effort and consciousness or at least more conversations about topics like that. And I think that it gets exacerbated by the technology too, right? As the technology gets better and better in computer graphics, we have to be talking about deepfakes and like the morality of that or in the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And like that, all of that brings in the human aspect of it. And so I feel like it's becoming, or at least I hope that the conversations are becoming more about the human aspects of computer graphics and the fact that we are humans making things for humans rather than just like, oh, look at this cool top of the line technology that we don't feel comfortable showing, but it's cool because it's like, top of the line technology. So I think that's what I've seen and what hopefully what I continue to see in the industry. Yeah. Is there any cool project that you would like to share with us that you feel really proud of because of technology, human aspects or the combination of everything? Yeah, I think it came out maybe a few weeks ago. I don't know, time time is not real since the pandemic, but I think maybe a month ago or so we had an announcement on D3. And so we announced that we are in partnership with Marvel and we're working on an Assemble of Heroes game that is cinematic and interactive. So yeah, so we have a teaser out there. Just look it up, Skydance New Media teaser, and I'm sure it showed up. <laughs> That's great. And I think we need to talk with the team, but I I guess we can have all this information in the episode notes, or at least we can share them somehow. Because... We can do like the Google for you thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the link in the on the page. <laughs> no, that would be too easy. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And I have the thumbs up that yes, we can do it. So cool. Laura, any project you are uh, particularly proud of? that you have been working on or something that you really, really want to do in animation, illustration? Mm, well, actually, yes, there there was one uh, short film that we worked as part of a semester project uh, in Uni. I was the creative director for it and it's a 2D animation and it's about street harassment. It's very diverse, both as in like, where do we come from, but like other types of diversity. So I think that was pretty interesting in terms of like how we feel not safe sometimes when we walk, no matter if we are in Germany or if we are back home, like for example, in Latin America, that it's really, it is dangerous to walk alone. But then other people that come from uh, other places in, in Europe also express like how like their experiences. So I think the most important thing of this project was that there's not one single person or one single thing that is the cause or the monster of the story, because at the end, we do portray one person uh, as the monster of the story because we want to make it still like animation. But we also portray like sometimes 
biased people that don't really help you if you are in a situation like this that probably will see the whole thing from, I don't know, their houses safe, but how we actually wanted to show that this is part of the problem and we should raise awareness of, on these things. That, yeah, there's not only the perpetrator of something at the end, like, for example, there's the, the main character that at the end she's running in these streets and then just feels very anxious, like a lot of anxiousness and the whole stress of, you know, like running away from someone that at the end looks to be the one that is going to help you. So we try to make this story so that you could uh, feel these I mean, there's only sounds on the whole animation, which was also very challenging to really show what kind of anxiety you can explain, you can translate through sound. So I think the also the music and the sound design was really good for, for this project and we were really proud of it. But I think also the like, more into the technical part, it was interesting because we combined 2D and 3D. Um, it was something that I didn't do before. So I think that was pretty challenging. And also, I mean, it was done in a in a scope of um, three months uh, it's a four minute short so it was pretty pretty tough we worked really hard on it but I think the whole topic that we wanted to show this fear feeling and all these emotions that we go through that sometimes we just imagine things that the streets just get narrower and narrower but actually it's just you your fear and that there's no like it shouldn't happen like you should be able to go on your own outside and to walk alone and just get home on your own and safe. And if these things happen, hopefully we can raise awareness and people can help you. So yeah, that was an interesting project. That's amazing. And it's so important because it's, I mean, it's a very relevant topic and raising awareness, especially for those who might not experience these fears or being in these situations that sadly most of us women and other people, minorities or people, as you say, so different groups experience basically their daily lives. So raising awareness about it in a, such artistic way is really, really relevant and amazing. Where can we see more about the shore? Can we see it somewhere? Is it online? Or what is the plan to release it? We're still applying for some festivals, so that's why we haven't been able to share it. But yeah, as soon as it's I talk with my team and then they're um, ready to just share it. I will hope like show you for sure. That would be great because yeah, which better platform than Seacraft to <laughs> present this amazing work. And, uh, and especially, I mean, impressive. So four minutes in three months is really, really a huge <laughs> endeavor. Nice. How many people were in the team? Well, we were six people uh, working on it, but most of the animation was, uh, yeah, hand-drawn. So, like, it was almost frame by frame. So, it was really, it was tough. And I think what I liked the most about uh, working with the team was that they were really passionate about the topic. And they were really, they really wanted to show that it was something that is important like for their own you know and then sometimes I think the most one of the other things that was interesting is the user testings that we ran and when we ask uh, for example men how like what do they think of, of, of this and of course they know that there's a problem but they couldn't understand that fully like us so I think it was also very 
interesting to read their answers like what would they do or like more of like the story what are the things that they would do if um, something like this happens because there were also some answers what they were saying um, like I feel sorry if I was one of the persons that like made you feel scared sometimes just the streets are too dark or things like this which is like would brings us to another kind of situation where also like city planning should also have some sort of awareness on this like how streets can be more light topics that are very i mean very important for like societies as a whole that's a great aspect no actually i i'd never thought about it but yeah this is not just a social responsibility but also something where governments or like you say city planning should be involved to make streets safer not just from the police or so, but how it's actually designed. I would also like to ask you, as we are approaching the hour, if you would have some take on how things are evolving. I think, Anna, you talk a bit on the topic of making the whole industry technology or projects more human. How is your take on where the industry and basically the computer graphics field going in the next two, five years. And I would also dare to say maybe 10 years. I mean, if I knew I would be investing in companies, but no, I actually think probably everyone can say this every five years, but I think we're in like a very interesting time because I feel like we're technology is almost advancing faster than we can think about what we can do with it or implications of it or the human aspect of it. But I feel like because we're more connected on like a global scale, we kind of balance ourselves in in, in that sense, right? Like you have, I'm just going to use this example because it's the example that it's most talked about, I think lately. You have a group of people that are really working onto the technology of deep fakes, for example, but then you also have a group of people that are working on the, what the implications of that is and what ethics do we have to to, to think about, right? So like we keep balancing ourselves in the industry, right? Like we have folks that are trying to move the technology forward and we're folks that are trying to move the the technology forward too, but also the community forward too, right? Like in in, in the, I'm going to continue saying human aspect of it. And so I feel like in five, 10 years, hopefully we'll, we'll reach a balance of that of folks because I don't think that technology is bad, right? I just think that we just have to think about how we're going to use it and the implications and all of that. So hopefully the all of the cultures and everyone across the world and all of the different perspectives of a technology and how it's affecting them, right? Because like it might affect me in a different way that it affects you in Germany, right? And so hopefully the intercommunication all is going to help us balance that. So I think that the technology is going to be exploding like in 10 years, right? Because we seem to be moving really fast, but also hopefully our awareness of how we're using that technology and what it means for us, it's also going to be balancing, if that makes sense. (laughs) As I move my hands, and we're talking about cultures and I talk with my hands and (laughs) no one can see my hands. But they are elevating in a hopeful sign. (laughs) Correct, (laughs) correct. Cool. Great. Thank you, Anna. Laura, what is your take on it? I think I also, well, I I do hope as technology just keeps 
expanding or just getting better each year, each week, really. It does have like, we still think of the impacts that they could do in how we interact with people and how, I mean, we can find them as a way of like entertaining ourselves or just learning something, but not just to like maybe like lose track or like just uh, you know don't think of other other things i really hope people do have these ethics and everything of how we can make things i mean i i I guess there's also animations and games for everybody but i really hope uh, well the industry also has some space for games that could teach could bring uh, different perspectives of the world uh, different cultures that can tell stories that are probably soon to be forgotten. And you know that all these stories and yeah, worldviews are not lost. So hopefully we'll bring more opportunities for other artists as well. Like I don't know, people that are mostly working with um, plastic art, like with uh, installation or other type of art uh, that are more like, let's not, let's say not digital, but maybe they could have also some sort of involvement in these new technologies I think that would be also pretty interesting especially for like Latin America where many of these knowledge and these uh, abilities and I guess these type of arts are available so um, hopefully the industry can keep growing and can bring more opportunities for more people like back home yeah and these teams can just still be and just keep going uh, globally and we can collaborate I think those are very important topics. So the the whole collaboration and really that this balancing. So I hope really that with all the conversations and the awareness that is being raised right now in terms of technology, more teams that are not just high performing, but also more human, more vulnerable and how to bring back all these to places like our home countries or other places where it's much needed, especially education. I think, I really think that this, if we see this in two, five years, let alone 10 years would be amazing. So I would like to wrap up with a question and this is question, final words. What is the best advice that a fellow woman has given you that you would like to share with our audience? I don't think one woman has told me this in particular, but I think that it's like a combination of just women and men in my life. I would like to tell this to other folks. It's just to be brave. I I know it sounds very corny, but like do jump on that thing that you think it's not going to, that you're not ready for it right professionally because your perception is not like indicative of your actual performance like we sometimes are at least I can speak about myself sometimes I'm like you know before I got involved with SIGGRAPH I'm like well I'm scared of SIGGRAPH right like so big like I I've never done that right and a friend of mine encouraged me she was a volunteer for SIGGRAPH she's like no 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 do it you'll learn like I think you'll be good at it and, you know, and I volunteer straight up. I think I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a break right now, but I volunteer straight up for like several years and I loved it, right? And it was something so scary at the beginning. Same thing with like that new job, that new position, that like next step in your career. Like, don't listen to that little voice that says like, well, what if you're not good enough or whatever? Just, just, just don't, right? Like, like you have a place, you belong, 
and you deserve to be where you are. And so just just go for it and just be brave because that's the thing that is going to carry your career forward. Beautiful. I would say that it's also like a combination of things that I've been hearing, especially like in the one of the panels from international resources, the last Women in CG. I think that was pretty interesting just because it brought in many uh, conversations about don't sell yourself short. Sometimes I think it's pretty hard because, I mean, especially as someone that, well, like as an immigrant, you kind of just settle down sometimes for very, like not maybe the, the best thing because of all the situation. And then, of course, because of everything that is around us. But I think that's a, a very interesting and a very good advice. I think despite everything, despite all the stress that probably external things like visa and well, you need a job at least like at the end. But I think it's, it, it is real that I, I think hopefully even though like sometimes it, get, it can be tough, we get good opportunities that make us grow. So I think that would be like something that I heard and that stuck with me and I would like to share. Thank you so much. So Anna, Laura, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today in the Seagraph Spotlight. Thank you for sharing such beautiful words, ideas and advice. Any final word that you'd like to share? I will do a plug that thank you for having me too. And I will do a plug that of those of you out there who are in the computer graphics industry, like do volunteer for SIGGRAPH. It is amazing. It really grows your community, really grows you as a person, as a professional. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Diana did not make me say that. I am just saying it at the bottom of my heart. Uh, but yeah, thank you for having me, Diana. Thank you. I think Seagraph has given me many interesting opportunities. And also the main thing is like it made me grow and it also gave me like so many connections that I still keep today. So yeah, volunteering in like, and there are many, many committees where you can like, where people out there can volunteer. I think there's uh, room for many of us. So hopefully like uh, people can get to volunteer. So yeah, and thank you so much for having me as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. And yes, thank you for that. We need volunteers. <laughs> we are looking for volunteers and we will be more than happy to welcome you in this amazing community. Laura, Anna, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for tuning in. See you next time. What an inspiring conversation. Take a look at the links in our show notes for more information about our guests and look forward to part two coming soon. Yeah.